Welcome to the sermon podcast of Northridge Presbyterian Church in Dallas, Texas. I'm Betsy Sweetenberg, the pastor here, and I hope that in this podcast, you see what we seek to do week after week, approaching the stories of our faith with a holy curiosity, not shutting the book because the stories are hard or there are truths we'd rather ignore. Instead, approaching scripture, trusting that God will meet us there, full of grace and truth, teaching us something new about how we are to live in this world God so loves. As we turn to scripture, let's pray. Oh God, you are our keeper. And so we ask that with these ancient words, you keep us once more. You assure us that you go before us and behind us, hemming us in to your promises and your hope for our lives. So with these words, keep us once more so that we may live as your people, trusting in your promises when we leave this place. In your son's name we pray. Amen. We have been living in the Psalms this summer, which has been a delight for me. I've never spent so much time in the book of Psalms. And we have a couple more Sundays that we'll study Psalms, but today is my last Sunday preaching on the Psalms to you. And so I was trying to think about what I wanted my final words about the Psalms to be for this summer. And I kept coming back to Psalm 121, which is a very, it's a favorite psalm. It's a crowd pleaser. This is the psalm, I lift my eyes to the hills, from where will my help come? It gets recited a lot in public prayers, at town hall meetings, it's been recited on the Senate floor. It's an easy psalm for diverse groups of people to rally behind. They are words of assurance, so it makes sense that it gets recited a lot amid big groups. It's a good one for you to have in your back pocket if you ever get asked to say a prayer to a group of Christians or an interfaith group. Psalm 121 is a great psalm to turn to. Actually, someone gifted Owen and me the words of Psalm 121 on a watercolor image um, as a housewarming gift because this is the psalm that ends, the Lord will bless, you're going out and you're coming in from this day on and forevermore. So it hangs next to our front door. And I love seeing those words when we leave our home. I love those words being the words that greet people who come into our home. I really enjoy this psalm, and I think I've read it for such a long time as a psalm of confidence. It's a, song, a psalm that offers assurance. It begins with a question, and then there's an answer, and it just seems so tidy. It seems like the hills are a symbol for God, a symbol of hope and confidence and reassurance. And maybe you've heard this psalm read that way. But I think that there's a little bit more to it than that. And I think that what isn't said in this psalm is perhaps just as important as what is said in this psalm. So I want us to explore that today. So listen now to the words of Psalm 121. I lift up my eyes to the hills. 
from where will my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. God will not let your foot be moved. God who keeps you will not slumber. God who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by night. The sun shall not strike you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all evil. The Lord will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time on and forevermore. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. When was the last time you found yourself in that space of uncertainty? That space where questions linger and answers seem distant. When was the last time you found yourself sitting in the silence that follows those high-stakes, anxiety-inducing questions? That cavernous space where the questions echo loudly, but the answers are always dancing just beyond reach. You know that space. Did I get the job? Will my love be reciprocated? Is the pain I've been feeling something serious? Will my efforts bear fruit? What if the path I've chosen leads me astray or unfulfilled? What if I'm not good enough? What if I fail? Is it over? From where will my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth, of course. The psalm makes it seem so simple, like the answer is just there, waiting to be recited. But the psalmist's question is no different than our most anxiety-inducing questions. We've come to read this as a rhetorical question, But I think the psalmist was actually calling the question, from where will my help come? It's genuine. I learned this recently, and it makes so much sense, but I had never heard it before. There's one rabbi who says that to unlock the heart of this psalm, you have to immerse yourself in the story of Abraham and Isaac. Now imagine Abraham, who gets the most unimaginable command from God to sacrifice his beloved son, and imagine him being so obedient to that task. Abraham packs up, he gets his young son Isaac, who has no idea what's happening, and together they set off on a journey to a mountain. There's young Isaac walking next to his dad, carrying the wood for a sacrifice, but having no idea that he is the sacrifice. Abraham carries the fire and the blade. 
They both have heavy packs, but the weight of supplies just pales in comparison to the weight of uncertainty that is looming in the air. Abraham asking himself with every step he takes, will God provide? In the rabbinic retelling of that story, Isaac, who is bewildered, understandably, by the absence of any livestock for the sacrificial offering, watches his father's desperation grow. They erect the altar together, but still there's no livestock for the sacrifice. So Abraham does the unthinkable. He binds his son and he lifts the knife. Abraham, who is understandably unable to meet Isaac's gaze, lifts his eyes to the hills, the rabbi says. Not as a source of comfort, but as an embodiment of the daunting ascent he faces. He lifts his eyes to the hills and he sees his anxieties and his uncertainties magnified. The hills intensifying the silence until he can't take it anymore and he cries out the words of the 121st Psalm, from where will my help come? The cry of desperation. It's the cry of a soul who is genuinely grappling with the absence of certainty. Until now, I've read this psalm as such a tidy profession of faith. It feels almost like a catechism question. We get verse 1, there's a question, and then in the second verse, there is an answer just waiting to be recited in response. And maybe that's why this psalm is beloved by so many people. It feels like timeless affirmation of God's presence and protection. But the journey from question to answer is no trivial pursuit. I don't think this psalm is as simple as it appears. How much time do you think lapsed between the first two verses of this psalm? The psalmist crying out with a question and then finally getting to an answer. I imagine that most of his life of faith was lived in the space between those first two verses. His question and his answer sums up our lives of faith too, doesn't it? Crying out for help when we realize that we can't depend on ourselves. And then at some point, finding the assurance and the answer that God is our help, that God has been our help all along. See, it's in the space between the question and the answer that our faith takes shape. It's in the space between question and answer that we learn that uncertainty and assurance can co coexist. Authentic faith demands that anxiety walks hand in hand with certainty. When have you found yourself in between those two verses, waiting between question and answer? How deafening did the silence become?
I don't think the comfort of this psalm is found in the words of the question and answer. I think the comfort of this psalm for us is actually found in the space between question and answer, the grappling and grasping for hope in the midst of silence. Question and answer. With those two simple verses, the psalmist sums up our life of faith. And he could have gone on to recount how he arrived at that answer for himself, but instead of offering the resolution of his own experience, he leaves space for each of us. He doesn't ask any more questions. Instead, he offers a blessing to all who will read and pray that psalm, a priestly assurance to sustain us in our own silence, Now, I know some of the silence that you find yourselves in right now. I do know some of the struggles making you cry out, from where will my help come? I know my own silence and the restlessness I feel in the answers that I would like to receive in a package as neat as these first two verses of the psalm. I wish I could stand up here and offer resolve for those spaces of silent anxiety that are lingering in this congregation, but I can't. I can offer you this, though. I can offer you the assurance that you are not alone, that your cries for help connect you to all of those faithful people who have come before us, I can offer you the assurance that crying out connects us back to faithful ancestors like Abraham, who also cried out with desperation, from where will my help come? And I can offer you this assurance, the psalmist's blessing for the silence as you wait in that space between question and answer. And so I'll leave you with the psalmist's blessing for whatever silence it is that you face these days. So receive this blessing. God will not let your foot be moved. God who keeps you will not slumber. God who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all evil. The Lord will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this day on and forevermore. Amen. Go out into God's world in peace. Have courage. Hold on to what is good. Return to no one, evil for evil. Strengthen the faint-hearted. Support the weak. Help the suffering. Honor all persons. Love and serve the Lord, rejoicing in the power of the Holy Spirit. And as you go, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the power of the Spirit bless you and keep you this day and always, always. Amen.